This is the Collective Ambition Podcast. Imagine having the life that everyone strives to have. You're doing well financially, you just moved into a beautiful house in a beautiful town in France with your wife and son, and then one day, a tree hits you. You're paralyzed from the neck down, and the doctors tell you you're never going to walk again. On top of that, multiple surgeries follow, your wife leaves you and takes away your son, and you're in horrific agony for years. Well, today's guest, Nicholas Steele, has experienced exactly that, and that's why he's called the unbreakable man with the unbreakable spirit, because he didn't just survive, but is now walking again and traveling the world despite the doctors telling him again and again that he'll never walk again. Well, how did he do it? What kept him going? What's his perspective on life now, and what does he have to share with us? It's the greatest story that I've ever heard in person from someone. I definitely give this one a listen. You won't regret it. And I'll be linking everything in the show notes. For example, his PDF book, which is just a few bucks on Amazon, but is a great read, and it'll help you put things in perspective, especially if you're currently going through a tough time as well. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. You're looking healthy, a bit under the weather, you told me, <laughs> but uh, it didn't used to be like that. So, so what happened? Okay, so about 12 years ago, um, longer than that, actually, let's, let's go back to my start, who I, who I actually am. So I'm Nicholas Steele. Um, I had a very successful career, a business, wife, son, everything was going real, didn't really want for anything life, had, had a couple of houses, um, really, really good life, could do really as, as whatever I wanted without any worries. But obviously, I'd built that life myself. Um, no one had given it to me, I built that. So that's where I came from. So I'm a very determined person, very positive, always forward thinking, planning, trying to get on. Um, and then all of a sudden, one day I started noticing that my body started to bend over. I was in a lot of pain. I used to be a, a bodybuilder. So I used to do a lot of bodybuilding. I was quite a big guy. And I went to see the doctors and they kept saying to me that, well, you've got to stop lifting such big heavy weights because that's what's putting you in a lot of pain. That's what's probably putting pressure on your spine and that's why you're in pain. But I kept noticing that I was actually looking towards the floor um, until one day I couldn't get out of bed for about three weeks. I was screaming in agony. And eventually I got to an orthopedic surgeon who said, you've got late end stage ankylosing spondylitis and there's nothing I can do for you. And basically you're gonna end up in a wheelchair. That's it, your life's finished and over. So with that, I thought, you've got to be joking. No way am I going to take that. I've got to find somebody else that can help me. I saw another two orthopedic surgeons who said the exact same thing. Then I found a neurologist um, who said, let me, there's a, I was actually in a private hospital um, seeing a consultant and he said, I'm going to take you to a spinal surgeon next door. And he just knocked on his door, took me in to, to see this guy who said, uh, yes, you've got latent stage ankylosing spondylitis. I can't cure you, but I can break your spine and straighten you up, give you a much better quality of life. However, the downside is I could potentially kill you or paralyze you. The choice is yours. So I just said, let's do it. Let's go for it. Um, and uh, he said, well, in that case, you need to make a video for your son just in case you don't survive the operation because it's going to probably be two or three operations. And they're very, very serious operations. Um, and as you can imagine, uh, I just went, okay, that's, that sounds very serious, but I still want to go ahead with the operations. And I then made a video for my son, which was extremely hard to do. As you can imagine, you're there in front of a video camera where you then have to say, hi, this is your dad. If you're watching this, I'm dead. 
And that was really hard and painful to do. And it took me, I don't know, about a dozen attempts to try and do that. Really, really difficult to do. But I got through the video trying to give him some life lessons and how I expect him to grow up as a man and all of those types of things. Um, but obviously, I survived that operation. I survived the first one. I was in the operating theater for 18 hours. Uh, the spinal surgeon broke my spine, put two metal rods in it, a number of screws to try and straighten me up. Took me months and months and months to recover. And then I had to go back in for a second operation for him to put some more rods into the top of my spine again, going through all the intensive care unit, um, months and months and months of recovery. Um, but after the second operation, I didn't recover very well. I was, was really, really struggling. Um, and I retired. So gave up work completely. And uh, my family and I, we moved to, the, to, move, move to France bought a 500 year old chateau, decided that we were going to have it renovated, all that sort of thing, which is a typical English dream, I suppose, moving to France, renovating old buildings to go and live there, moved into the middle of the countryside, so surrounded by lakes, forests, absolutely zero sound, no planes, no cars, just sound, sound of tractors. It was, it was idyllic. It was fantastic. And someone said to me, you know, why, why did you build, buy this rundown dilapidated chateau it's falling down it's completely falling down and we'd had uh, um, engineers um, say you know this is all the work you're going to do and I knew what was involved but obviously I wasn't going to do it and I just said because I want to be part of history this this is historic it's 500 years old it's got a lot of history to it my name now goes to it and I want to do something with my life to, to rebuild this building and I, I literally said straight after that and you know you know, anything can happen to you. I mean, I could cross the wall with the road tomorrow and be run over by a bus. Life is for living. Literally, the week after I said that, um, the week after I said that, there was a huge storm, a massive storm, where there was lots of lightning coming down. Into, we, we were surrounded by fields and the lightning was hitting the fields. And there was a big old oak tree where we lived. And this tree, me and my son watched the lightning cut through this old dead tree um, it, I don't know how old it was but it had been there dead for a long long time and the lightning cut straight through we watched it hit it and there was this huge cracking sound really loud a bit like an explosion and the next day I went out to look at this tree um, and as I walked up to it I saw that it was creaking and cracking and I thought to myself um, I need to get this cut down before it falls down and potentially hurts someone and literally, as I said that, the tree came crashing down, hit me on top of my head, smashed me into the ground. And I was there as if, uh, imagine like a cross, I was actually, my arms outstretched, buried into the ground because the, the field was very wet and I'd actually been pushed into the ground, couldn't move. And there were builders that were obviously working on the, on the chateau at the time. They came running over to see me and I said, look guys, can you get the tree off me? I can't move. And I had blood pouring down my face. And they said, the tree isn't on you. And with that, instantly, I knew I was paralyzed. Um, wow. But I, and I said to myself, well, if I'm paralyzed from the, neck, from, from the waist down, I can cope with this. Um, that's not a problem. But then it dawned on me, I was actually paralyzed from the neck down. I had no feeling from the neck down, except from, it's very strange, I had a massive shooting pain from the neck upwards, not downwards. There was nothing. There was no numbness. I can't, it's really difficult to explain. There was no numbness. It's not like pins and needles, no numbness. There was nothing, zero. 
absolutely nothing. It's not like you've, you know, you've, 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 you've laid on your arm and it's completely numb or you've had your body in ice and you can't feel, there was nothing. But there was nothing, but there was pain upwards, shooting pain all up my neck. Absolute agony and pain it was. Um, and all I think going through my head was, um, right, did I sign the life insurances? Are they all signed? Um, where's my wife, because she isn't here at the moment, and have the dogs been walked and fed and my son needs picking up from school? So I've got all these people around me and I'm saying, can someone walk the dogs? They need feeding. Find my wife, tell her to find the life insurance policies just to make sure they've all signed and they're up to date and we're all good. So I was trying to put my life in order, even though I was paralyzed from the neck down. Um, so to cut a long story short from there, uh, the fire brigade arrived because obviously they, they double up as the ambulance crew and the fire brigade. Um, and they took me to hospital. And I had to be very careful, obviously, because my neck was broken. They drove very slowly and I screamed the whole way because every time they went over a bump, which was the whole way to the hospital, it was the pain in my neck upwards, not downwards. There was like this, this shooting pain, which I later found out was it was where the, the spinal cord had been damaged. It's a nerve pain. And nerve pain is just incredible pain. So I got to the hospital. They cut all my, all my clothes off and they gave them to my wife. She later told me this. They gave her a bag full of bloody clothes and said to her, he's probably not going to make it tonight. He's going to die. Prepare yourself for the worst. No one can survive an injury like this. <clears throat> and they flew me to a specialist hospital, um, a, a spinal unit at another hospital, um, where I saw the surgeon. He asked me a lot of questions and I just kept screaming at him. You know, for F's sake, please put me out of pain. Put me out of pain because I've, I've been in pain now for two or three hours just screaming with all this nerve pain um, and he said I can't I need to ask you questions you've got to tell me what's happened I need to know certain things so I was trying to give him the answers and then screaming please put me out of pain and then he did and the next thing I woke up and I woke up in a hospital bed and I had no feeling from the neck down I couldn't move I was lying there and I realized that I was then paralyzed from the neck down and the doctor came over to me and said, look, I'm really sorry, there was nothing we could do. Um, you're, now, you're, you're now a quadriplegic, you're paralyzed from the neck down, your spinal cord has been crushed, it's damaged, you, you've broken two vertebrae, in fact, you've destroyed two vertebrae, we've had to rebuild your neck with metal and metal cages. There was nothing left. Your life's, you know, your life's virtually over, you're gonna have to be taken care of for the rest of your life. I then started shouting and screaming at him and saying, you're wrong, and I was, really swearing which was the wrong thing to do but obviously I was a bit emotional upset at the time um, and I was screaming and shouting and said no no you're wrong I'm gonna I'm gonna overcome this I'm gonna walk there's no way this is gonna get me I will walk again you're wrong um, and then the nurses came to try and comfort me and I was still screaming and shouting and then eventually my, my wife arrived by herself because we were in France with no friends or family we'd only been there a short while so we had no one um, and I said to her, look, I will walk again. You don't need to worry about this. This is just a small blip. I'll get through this. It's not an issue. We'll do it together. It'll be fine. Um, but obviously in the background, all the doctors were telling her He's, his life's over. It's finished as you know it. Um, but I said, no. So I spent the next couple of months in this hospital where nurses took care of me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, brushing my teeth, washing my face, uh, you know, washing, washing me with sponges, trying to keep me clean, 
you know, very embarrassing things. Um, if you can imagine nurses going all around you to clean you and making you go to the toilet, it's just really embarrassing. But um, I said, no, I'm going to recover. I'll get through this. And the journey for my wife and son was about a two and a half hour car journey, um, which they made uh, once or twice a week, as much as they could, obviously, to get to see me. And I kept saying, look, I'll recover, don't worry. But what they didn't see behind the scenes was every time the people tried to move me in the hospital, the pain in my neck, I, I would just scream in agony. And by this time as well, um, well, I was, I was just a mess. I was, I was screaming in pain virtually every single day and I had really serious nerve damage. Um, because what they explained to me was my, my spinal cord hadn't been cut, but it had been completely crushed. So if you imagine like a banana, when you hit a banana and it's then crushed, um, that's it. It can't repair itself. It can't recover. So the doctor said you may get a movement in a finger or a toe or a slight hand movement, but that's it. It hasn't been cut, but you will never move or walk again. So I said, no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. And, and what they did was they then moved me to a rehab centre closer to my family. So they only had to drive 45 minutes to see me. And I got to this rehab centre and I spent the next three months in a room with just nurses and doctors taking care of me. There was a big crane above my head, which they would put me into to move me so they could bathe me and, and take care of me. And my son used to play with that. So when they put me in the crane, he'd be moving me around the room in a crane. So we'd laugh and play and joke about that. But every day I would say, I'm going to recover. I am going to recover. I'm going to get through this. Not a problem. Um, and I started visualizing that I was moving and walking again and lifting weights. And I would do this every day. But the doctors would tell me every day, you've got to give this up. You're never going to move again. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. Um, and they kept telling my wife that as well. They kept telling her that, you know, he's not going to walk again. So she was then saying to me, you're going to have to accept the fact that our life is now completely changed. You're paralyzed from the neck down. You're going to need 24-hour care a day, a day, you know, every day. And I just said, no, no, I'm not. Um, I'm going to recover. And I was really, really positive. I kept saying, I'm going to get through this. And the only time it dawned on me that I was in serious trouble was eventually when the nurses put me into a wheelchair, wheeled me into the canteen of this rehab center. And I sat there and all around me were people in wheelchairs or with missing legs or arms or some of their faces missing because I was in a rehab center for people like myself that had been in very serious accidents. And I looked around at all these people and I just went, God, I am in trouble after all, you know, I'm the, shit, what am I going to do? And that's when I sort of just started crying. I went, I don't want to be one of these people. In fact, I'm not going to be one of these people. I don't want to be one of these people. And a guy called Matthew, who'd been in a car accident and was paralyzed from the waist down, had, lost, had also lost the use of one of his arms and a side of his face wouldn't move. He actually put his arm around me and just said, it's normal, just cry. And I did. And I cried and they took me back to my room and I was by myself. And I said, right, you either cry and feel sorry for yourself or you fight and recover. And I chose to fight and recover. And from that day, that day forward, I, I, I basically said, that's it. What is my game plan? What do I do now? And how am I going to learn to walk again against all the odds? Because the doctors have said it's impossible. Everyone's telling me it's not possible but I'm going to prove them wrong. And that's when I was so determined, I set the game plan. 
um, and I set the goals in my head. Was he lying there in a, in a hospital bed, paralyzed from neck down? I can't move. So I'm doing all this in my mind, and I just decided this is what I'm going to do. So I then started visualizing every day that I was walking, moving, playing golf, lifting weights, and when you get a video camera or sort of years ago, we had video cameras where you could zoom in to what, when you could zoom in and zoom out. I would imagine with my eyes shut, this is all in my head, that I was actually zooming into the muscles on my body as they walked so I could see them moving and contracting. Or when I was lifting weights, I could see them, you know, the, the muscles moving and bulging. And I would see all of that and I'd be telling my body, this is what you need to do. And then I, um, imagine that there was a white light in my brain and that was a signal from my brain that had to go past my damaged spinal cord so it would go down past my damaged spinal cord it would bypass that and this white signal will go down past my spinal cord and then it would just separate and zoom out through my arms and legs into my hands and fingers and I could then see my hands and legs and arms and fingers all moving so I was telling my brain to communicate with all my limbs by bypassing my spinal cord to get to every part of my body to say move. So I would say move, walk, move, walk. And I would see it contracting or moving or lifting. I'd imagine that I was playing golf. You know, and I actually could see me gripping the, the golf club, seeing my hands grip around it. And, and, it, and I really visualized it as if it was really happening. I imagine that I was walking on the sand or on grass and I could actually feel it. And I was actually seeing my feet move through the sand or the grass. And I saw all of this happening. And I kept using this light to go from my brain all the way down as if I was reprogramming my brain and all my spinal cord to tell my body what to do. And I did this, this for months and months until eventually one day, um, I actually was, was, was visualizing obviously in my bed Nowhere else to go, obviously can't move. Um, and I went into like a, it was like, a, I thought it was a deep sleep. And I had this sense all of a sudden that I was leaving my body. I saw this, it was like a, a bright white light. And it was as if when people say to you, oh, I saw a bright light and I saw death. And I started rising up, going towards a, a white light. And I thought, have I died? What was happening? I, I don't get what's happening. It was really peaceful and all I could see was my body. I'd left, actually left my body. I was having an out-of-body experience, but I thought I'd died because everyone was telling me that I'm going to die. I'm never going to recover. So I just assumed, well, this is very peaceful. I wonder where I'm going. Um, and I'm looking back and I'm leaving my corpse, if you like, my body. And the next thing, I'm at the house with my son and my dogs have come running up towards me and they're jumping up at me and I can feel them touching me and I'm, I'm, I'm stroking them and I can feel my hands touching the dogs and their fur. Um, and then I can see my wife and she's bringing drink, drinks out to me and my son and me and my son are playing football and I'm kicking a football with him. And then all of a sudden I've gone back to my body and I've come back with a, a real big sort of bump, woke up, still paralyzed obviously and it was as if well is this a dream is this is an out-of-body experience what is it um and then i did exactly the same thing a number of times over the next several days until one day i was i was same thing i'd left my body i'd look back down at it I've, I've left it i'm playing football with my son and i've kicked the football and all of a sudden i've got this tremendous pain in my toe in my right toe 
and then I've come back to my body, I've woken up and I can feel pain in my right toe. And I'm like, I'm actually got a feeling in my right toe, which I never had before. So I've called the nurses in and said to them, I can feel my right toe. And they're going, that's no, impossible. You, you can't do. Um, so they obviously had a look and I was actually wiggling my right toe. It was moving. It was really painful, but I was moving it. So I'm like, wow. And they went, well, as we told you from the beginning, your spinal cord wasn't cut. It was crushed. You could potentially get movement back in a finger or a thumb or toe or you know a slight slight movement in a hand um and i said no no if, if i can move my toe i can move the rest of my body you're wrong i'm going to do this um and then obviously i kept all this visualization technique and positivity and self-belief i kept going for months until eventually then my right finger started moving that was the next thing that moved then my right leg had a slight bit of movement into it and then they put me into physio where they then started working on me with the physios to obviously start trying to make my legs work and my arms work and it, some of it was it seemed very demoralizing where they would put my hands on a desk and say well now move your fingers and they wouldn't move because they just wouldn't move they were dead there was no feeling in my arms or or, or, or hands um but but you know i was there i was, I was being positive and i said i'm going to do this and eventually, after months and months of doing this, um, one day I said to the nurses, I'm going to stand up because my, my legs were now moving. I, I could move them from side to side and I could slightly move them. Not very well, but I could move them. It was if, imagine like a baby trying to learn to walk again, like a newborn baby. And I've just got this slight movement and slight feeling. And they kept saying, yes, but it's possible to have this because your spinal cord is crushed, not cut. So this is all the movement you're going to have. Anyway, one day I'm in my wheelchair and I said to them, I'm going to stand up. But I said to them, but I can't remember how to stand up. And they said, no, it's not you can't remember. There's no signal getting from your brain to your legs to tell you to stand up. There's no signal. And I went, no, no, it's not that there's no signal. I just cannot remember. I can't remember how to do it because you've got to remember, I've been lying on my back now for months and months and months. I just completely forgotten how to do it. Anyway, the, the, the nurses sort of said to me, if you think you can sit up, they moved me to the edge of the wheelchair. They said, now fall forward and push yourself up and we're here to catch you. So they pushed me to the edge of the wheelchair. I leant forward with their help. Obviously, they sort of gave me a little bit of a push. And then I did, I actually stood up. I stood up and completely fell down like a newborn baby stands up, falls down. I did it and the nurses couldn't believe it. I went, I'm gonna do it again. And then I did it again. And then by the end of that week, by the end of that week, I was actually walking around the hospital like Robocop. And the nurses actually had, you know, with the children, sometimes you see parents and they've got like a, like a harness on them so the kids don't run away. The nurses actually had a harness on me to stop me from falling over or stumbling. <laughs> so I felt like a you know, naughty toddler trying to run around. But I was, I moved like Robocop. My arms didn't, walk, didn't move. And I was having to be fed and cleaned and everything still, but I was now walking around the hospital. And I, I, and I knew if I can walk around the hospital, that you give me another few years, I'll be walking properly again. And my arms and, and everything would be moving. I knew it wasn't gonna be months, I had to be realistic, you know, but you know, that sort of, that was the determination and the strength that I had to keep going and never giving up. I just would never give up no matter what. Um, 
and then to move on from that because <laughs> this story i'm sorry just it just keeps going on <laughs> i then i then i was then allowed to, to move move home at weekends to be with my wife and son and the ambulance would take me home and my wife would then have to dress me and take care of me at weekends but at least i was with my family in a family environment and it felt great and i always remember because i'd lost myself a balance they put me in a machine to tip me up so i could get my balance back because obviously if you've been lying on your back for such a long time, you do lose yourself a balance, just like a baby, stand up, fall down, stand up, fall down. And um, one week I was learning how to walk upstairs in the hospital so I could walk upstairs to my own bed, to get into my own bed. And I wanted that to be a surprise for my wife. So I didn't tell her and I got home and there's the bed that the hospital had put downstairs in the front room. Um, and I said to her, no, no, I don't need that now. With your help, I can now walk up the stairs and get to our own bed. So we, I got up, so I managed it. I got to our own bed, got into bed. I was really happy with myself, really pleased. But that night, my wife didn't stay in the same bed with me. And I thought, I really can't work out what's, what's, what's wrong. I, I don't get this. Why is she not staying with me? You know, I'm getting better. I said I'd recover. I promised my son I'd recover. I promised my wife I'd recover. I'm going to get better. And, you know, I promised I'd be home for Christmas. And it's Christmas next week. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be home for Christmas. Anyway, then Christmas came. My friends and family came over and celebrated it with us. I got up to, the, to my bed again. And then literally the week after Christmas, I asked my, you know, my wife just, she wasn't staying in the same bed. And she just said, well, you know, I, I want to make sure you're okay just in the bed by yourself. And then literally the week after that, she just said, that's it, we're over. And she left me. She just said, we're, we're over. She said, you can't be a real man. You can't be a real father. I'm taking your son. You're never going to see him again because he needs a real man in his life and you're not a real man. And also I was absolutely devastated and she just left me. She grabbed my son out of my arms. I was crying, he was crying, and she just threw him in the car, locked the car doors, and what can I do? There's nothing I can do. I can't fight back, I can't move my arms, I'm, you know, I'm really disabled still. Um, and then she left me there for a whole night. I had to just stay in the, in, the, in the settee where I was for the whole night until the ambulance came to get me the next day. And I had to try and take care of myself, um, which was seriously difficult, because my arms didn't work. I couldn't feed myself, I couldn't even drink. I couldn't even dial a phone. So, um, yeah, I waited for the ambulance to come. Um, they took me back to the hospital. I sat on my bed and just cried my eyes out and just went, well, what's the point? I've worked so hard to try and recover because I promised my son I would recover for him, and I did, and I said I'd get my life back and, and, and get back for Christmas. I did, I've kept all my promises. And the one person I thought I could rely on, my wife, she's, she's left me, she's gone. And I'm never gonna see my son again, so what's the point? There's no point in living anymore. I don't wanna live, I might as well die. And after months of being positive and really determined, I just laid in the bed in the hospital and said, time to die, I just wanna die now. And literally the next day, I had double pneumonia and they had to rush me to an intensive care unit because obviously you've got to think, I've gone from a big bodybuilder, I'm now skin and bones, I weigh nothing, I'm seriously ill, I've now got double pneumonia and they don't know if now the pneumonia is going to kill me and I don't want to live. So I'm trying to, I'm saying to my brain, just kill me. And because I'm telling my brain to kill me, my brain was killing me, I was killing myself. And they had to actually uh, 
sort of chained me down in the bed in the hospital because I had the pneumonia because I was delirious. And I was trying to, I was trying to move and I was screaming out. I was, I was a real mess. And this went on for about two weeks. And then all of a sudden I just, I just sort of came to myself, to my senses and just said, I've got to live. I've got to fight. I've got to get my son back in my life. I've got to, I can't, I can't disappear from my son's life. And with that, I started fighting again and I recovered. I recovered from the pneumonia. They took me back to the rehab center and I just said to them, um, look guys, I've, I've got to leave. I've got to leave France. I've got to get back to England. I've got no friends here, no family here. I'm completely by myself. And if I stay here, I'm going to die. And that's when I then returned to England and I had to ask my mum if I had to go back to my mum because I couldn't use my arms, I couldn't feed myself. And went back to England and I was, and yeah, she, she took me in, obviously, being my mum. We got a, a care assistant in, a nurse in to help take care of me. Um, and then I tried starting to recover my strength from there. Didn't know where my son was, didn't have a clue where he was. Kept getting texts on my phone from my wife, please die. It would be better off if you were dead for everybody, which isn't very good for anyone when you, the person that you loved keeps telling you to die. So I had all that going in my head. And then obviously I got the divorce papers as well. So it was just kick after kick after kick. But I was determined to recover. Um, and then as I'm recovering and I'm trying to get myself sorted and I'm now in a swimming pool um, in a gym, I was being taken to a swimming pool every day by a friend to walk up and down the swimming pool to learn to walk. And I would visualize myself walking before I started. I'll start at one end of the pool to the other. And before I started, I would tell myself, I can do this. I will do this. I'm going to get to the other side of the pool. I'll close my eyes and see myself doing it. And I'll do that every single day for hours and hours a day. And I taught myself to walk again, just walking up and down the swimming pool. And just as everything seemed to start going well again and going well, um, I then couldn't eat. It wasn't possible for me to eat anymore. I tried drinking drinking water. It came out of my nose. My mum had um, cooked a chicken nugget for me, which she fed me. Couldn't swallow it. It came out through my nose. Rushed me straight to hospital. They didn't have a clue what was happening, but they couldn't get fluids into me. Couldn't drink, couldn't eat. And it turned out that the, the, the screws that had put into my neck in the metalwork had cut my throat to shreds. So I couldn't swallow or drink. So I had to put a tube in my stomach called a JPEG. And then for the next six months, I had to eat and drink through a JPEG in my throat, in my stomach. So no water, nothing for six months. Um, but again, obviously I, I got through that. I then saw my spinal surgeon in England who had worked on me with the ankylosing spondylitis. Um, and he then operated on me another four times to rebuild my neck because when the neck, when the French um, rebuilt my neck, they put it on at an angle. They didn't even put it on straight. So my head was actually on an angle, based at an angle, which is why I was always sort of turning to the right. And it, and it's, it sounds really weird, but they did. They put my, my head on at an angle. Um, but I was walking. The spinal surgeon redid all of their work. Every time he operated on me, he said, look, potentially one of these operations could you know, paralyze you again. Are you prepared for the risk? Because it's really high risk what I'm going to be doing. I'm working on your spinal cord, which is damaged, and I'm having to redo everything. And I went, yeah, fine. You you do what you need to do, and I'll I'll recover. Don't worry. And that's what I did until, what, 12 years later now. Here I am. Um, you know, I'm not 100% perfect. I'm metal from top to bottom. My head doesn't turn, as you can see. That's as much as I can do. I'm all metal. 
haven't got much mobility, haven't got much flexibility, obviously, because I'm metal from top to bottom. But I'm alive, I'm well, I'm determined, I'm positive. My son's back in my life, I'm living life. Um, it's not what I dreamt it would be going on, but you have to adapt to the situations you've been given and not feel sorry for yourself. And, and, and that's what I'm doing now. So that's my sort of story in a nutshell. Um, and what we did was my mother and I, um, we actually wrote a book and the book was titled The Unbreakable Spirit of the Unbreakable Man by Maxine Steele. My mother put her name down as, as the author. So I told her the story and she wrote it for me, obviously because my hands didn't work. Um, so she wrote it for me and I've only given you an outline of my story. There's so much more to it. I mean, it's just, it, it goes from having this wonderful, amazing, great life to being knocked straight down, recovering, getting back up, being knocked straight back down, getting back up, getting knocked down, you know, and then getting back up again. And everything I had to go through to keep overcoming challenge after challenge after challenge, and they aren't small challenges. These are enormous life-changing challenges. Um, and in my book, I just I, I highlight all of those. And, and people that have contacted me have just said, look, your story is so inspirational. It's the most inspirational story we've ever heard. It's changed my life. Um, you know, we, we thought we had a bad, you know, we had, thought we had things bad now, but we've just realized we haven't. We've taken your advice on board. We're doing what, you know, we, we're just thinking of you and, and we're moving forward and our life's really improving. And I just think if, if my story can just help improve the lives of just one person and all the pain and suffering that I've been through will have been worth it which is why I'm trying to share my story and get the story out there and and uh, I only wrote the book to be honest as therapy purely as therapy because I was still suffering I was still going through divorce when my wife's trying to tell me it's better off if you're dead I couldn't walk you know I, was, I had all these struggles to go through but mentally I had to get stronger so when I finished this book it was as if a big weight had been lifted and all of a sudden I went, right, that's it, that's finished. That's my old life, now get on with the new life. So for me, it was fantastic. And friends, I wasn't gonna release it on Amazon because it's obviously on Amazon um, as an ebook. But my friends and family said, look, just, just put it out there because people really need to hear this story and hopefully it will inspire them and help change people's lives. So that's sort of where I am now at this moment. So I've just talked for ages there, but as I say, there's 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 a lot lot more to my story than i've just done there it's there's just so much to it it's it is an incredible story an amazing story hugely inspirational um and as you said leon i've i've told this story now thousands of times and uh even when i think about it now it makes me really excited to think of everything i've accomplished because all the doctors all the experts said it was impossible and the doctor that first operated on me, when I came in in the, in the helicopter, I went back to see him um, when I started to learn to walk again. The ambulance crew took me in on a stretcher and I said, no, I'm gonna walk in to see him. And I walked in to see him and he went, this is impossible. This is not possible, you are a miracle. And he called me a miracle. Um, and then some friends of mine, came up with the, you know, and the, and the doctors came up with the unbreakable man because no matter what was being thrown at me, I've never broken. I just kept coming up, hence why the unbreakable spirit of the unbreakable man, because I can't be broken because I've got a mindset which my book goes through on how to teach people, you know, what, what how to move on in your life. Um, so yeah, if, uh, 
if people are interested, The Unbreakable Spirit of the Unbreakable Man by Maxine Steele. It's on Amazon. Um, you know, take a look, see what you think. And if you like it, you know, please leave a review. You know, can leave a message for me. You know, that would be great. There's a Facebook page as well. Um, yeah, and, and I've moved on now to other, other things and bigger things. Wow, that it's it's an incredible story, and uh, now we have it all laid out, so you don't have to tell anymore. You can just refer people to this episode. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, I I read the book uh, f- I think four years ago, um, and it's it's incredible. Uh, people should definitely pick it up. And I was going through a bad time at that time, uh, which was nothing compared to yours, which is what made it so much more inspirational, of course, because there was someone that was going through all these things and still kept getting back up. And uh, I've got so many questions that popped up while you were telling the stories that we can get into now. Uh, So first of all, when it comes to the visualization, uh, how did you know? Were you into that stuff before? Did you hear about, I know these concepts like the law of attraction, they're a big thing now. I don't know if you know about it now. was that something that you were into before that or just visualization in general or healing your body with your mind? Or was it something that you just, you just decided that's what I'm going to do. And you, you've never heard of it before. That's, okay, well, that, that's what secret, people do. Yeah. Well, the, the book, the secret and the law of attraction hadn't been out or around when, when I was in hospital and I'll, I'll come back to that, but um, no, because I, because I used to play golf and I was a bodybuilder um, when I used to play golf, I used to visualize where my where I need to put where I had to put my shot. So I'd visualize what my swing hats looked like before I'd hit the hit the golf golf shot, if you like, and where the ball needed to go to. And then when I was in the gym, if I wanted to lift heavier and heavier weight, I couldn't have the attitude, "Oh, I can't do this. I might do this." I would, you know, I would, whatever exercise so was going to be the bench press, and I'd just put heavier weight on. I would then say to myself, "I'm going to do this. I can do this." I'd shut my, shut my eyes and just imagine I was doing it. And then saying, go on, I'm going to do this. Let's do it now. And then obviously I was with my training partners and they'd lift the weight off and I would do it. And I was visualizing. So that's really, that's all I did. I, I just took the technique of um, imagining my nerves working, my fingers working, because I was lying in bed and what my goal was, well, what do I have to do? I have to learn how to walk again. So how do I get my legs to work and my arms to work? My hand, how do I get everything to work? Well, I'm going to have to visualize it working. And that's when I then came up with, I used to see this white light in the back of my head or in my brain going down. And it, as it would hit reach my fingers, I would then say to my fingers, move, work. And I would imagine them moving and working or gripping a golf club or gripping a barbell or a dumbbell. And I would actually see that happening. And then when the muscles worked in my arms, I would see this white light telling the nerves and the muscles to contract and move and expand. So that's what I would do. And, and that's what I really focused on. And you'd be amazed if, if you want to lie in bed of a night before you go to sleep to try and focus and visualize on something, I bet after three seconds, you've really given up because you're starting to think, did I turn the television off? What have I got to do tomorrow? Are the kids in bed? You start thinking of everything else in life apart from what's really important for you. But I had no option. And I was lying in bed 24 hours a day, seven days a week for months and months and months. So this, you know, that's all I could do was just focus on this one goal of learning to move and walk again. So when you go into real life, it's, it's a case of you need to focus and set yourself a goal of what it is you want to achieve. Why do you want to achieve it? How is it going to make you feel and those around you feel? 
And you can't just say, like, this is where I disagree with the secret and, and um, you know, law of attraction. You can't just say, oh, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to have a car or I'm going to get it. It doesn't work like that. You've got to work really hard and you've got to set yourself, well, how am I going to get that car? It's not just going to appear. Have a game so plan like it? you had as well. Yeah. So it's like, so what do I have? So, for example, if I want a car, well, what do I have to do to get that car? You might have to get a better job, more money etc so okay well how do i get a better job what is it and then you've got to think all of these things you have to work backwards from it you can't just say oh i'm visualizing that it's going to come to me that's nonsense that's not how this works so that's why i've always said to people what is your goal in life why do you want to achieve that what, what is it what how's it going to make you feel is that really your goal or is it is something else you have to be 100 percent sure that's what you want you have to give it 100 percent that you're going to achieve it be completely positive, and then you have to work out a game plan, a strategy on how you're going to get there. You can't just think about it. You've got to actually say, you've got to set yourself a plan. So do I need a better education? Do I need to educate myself on something? And you have to be prepared when you take the hits, because you will do, because nothing, you never get to a journey. It's never a straight road. It's always, you know, get hit, come back, get hit, come back, two steps forward, three steps back. You've got to be prepared to take the hits, but it's when you get hit, what is it you do? Do you give up because the vast majority of people do? Or do you just say, no, I'm going to keep going forward. I'm, I'm going to move forward. And my biggest advice for people is when they're on a journey, when they want to achieve something, stop watching the news, stop with social media, stop listening to people that keep telling you everything's impossible because we actually live in a world right now which is just really toxic and everything is demoralizing and doom and gloom. Everything is negative. And the news is doom and gloom, hate, fear, anger, television programs, reality TV, the majority of it, you wouldn't want these people living next door to you. It's hate and anger, revenge, and it's filling your mind and body with hate, anger, you know, doom and gloom, it's negativity, or it's all around you. So if your mind is being filled with that all day long, your mind is just going to be full of negativity. Your subconscious is filled with negativity. So when you want to do something, when you've really got a challenge in your life, your brain's been um, adapted to say, can't achieve it. That's impossible. Or when you decide, well, actually, I'm going to try, you tell yourself to fail because your brain's been taught to fail. Everything in life is taught about failing. So I always say to people, stop watching the news. Stop watching any reality TV program that's full of hate and anger and revenge. Watch comedies, watch things that stimulate your brain, watch things that make you laugh. The neurons in your brain, laughter is so powerful. Happiness is powerful. So watch comedies, watch things that make you laugh. I still do that now. When I go, before I go to bed, I always watch comedy shows. Always before I go to sleep. It's so when I'm going to sleep, I'm laughing. So when I'm asleep, I'm laughing. It's like, great, I've got a great life, you know, and I feel, wake up in the morning feeling great. So always, always do that. Ditch negative people. Anyone says you can't, get rid of them. Don't have them in your life. It's, it's not worth going there. Um, if you have a negative thought, bin it, get rid of it. You always want positive thoughts. So as soon as you think of something negative, just forget it, move on. Don't brood. Don't keep thinking about what well, I should have done this. I could have done that. Yeah, we could all have done that. That's in the past. What can you do right now? How are you going to move forward? And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's briefly what, what I go through now. And I, I do that message. I, I do that all the time. And I, and I just say to people, write it down, write down a plan. 
What is it you want to achieve? How, why, how's it going to make you feel? What are you going to get from it? But to get there, think about what is your plan to get there? So what is it you're going to start doing as of tomorrow to get there? And yes, visualization is one part of that. When you, when you can go to bed that night and say, I'm going to get, I don't know, I'm going to get this new job, which will make me feel this way and ecstatic. And that's what it looks like. But how are you going to get to that? And then obviously go to bed happy, wake up laughing in the morning. Don't go to bed reading the news, which is doom and gloom. And why waste time on social media? Seriously, people spend their lives on social media, writing nonsense and likes and sharing. The amount of time people do that, they could actually be working on improving their lives and their minds. It's, it's, I just don't get it. So yeah, that, that, that's what I do now. Yeah, it's really great hearing that from you because <clears throat> I guess a lot of people that fully believe in the law of attraction and believe that it's all just believing it and then quantum physics and all that stuff. And it just happens. They probably point to someone like you and like, Oh, he did it. But you say it as well. You say, no, you have to have a game plan. You have to work really hard and you have to actually get up and, and keep going. Um, literally in your case and, and yeah, and, and, <laughs> and yeah. And, um, and work on it. And it's, it's the same for me. I, even just moving to the US, as I just told you, this is something that I've visualized again and again. I visualize myself going through the border, uh, the, the, the customs, and they, they say, they tell me, oh, welcome to the United States, and I've got my visa. And, um, but I worked really hard for that, and I did everything I could. Uh, I invested a lot of money, and um, it took a long time to, to get it and a lot of work. But a few weeks ago, I had that exact moment that I visualized, uh, which was, yeah, going down the stairs and in, in the airport getting my luggage and I, I just made it. So it's and just seeing that practical example of you um, healing yourself that way. So would you say that if you hadn't visualized it, you might've not healed? Like how do you, what do you believe? It, how, how much has it affected the healing process? Yeah. If I, if I hadn't visualized, I'd have, I'd have still been a quadriplegic or probably dead by now yeah. because I was told the, my injuries were so bad. I wasn't going to recover. Number one. And obviously with my wife leaving me and all that upset, I didn't want to live anymore. So I, I wouldn't be here now. I, I'd have died years ago. Um, I'd have died very sad and, you know, just, just hopeless. Um, but I wasn't going to allow that to happen. I had two choices. Do I want to live or do I want to die? And after I lost, after my wife said, that's it, you're not a real man. You're not seeing your son anymore. And I couldn't really move or walk. I thought, okay, I don't want to live. What's the point? If I've got no family, no son, I don't want to be dead. Um, and it was like a voice on one shoulder saying, die. And others shoulder saying, for goodness sake, live. You've got to, you, you've got to live for your son. Um, so I just said, okay, I'm going to live for my son. So I gave myself a purpose. What is my purpose? My purpose is to recover, to get my son back in my life. That's it. That was my number one goal. So how am I now going to get my son back in my life? Well, I've got to learn to walk again. Because until I can walk and get, you know, get myself sorted, I can't even find him. I don't know where he is. So I know it's going to be hard. But that's my goal. And then it was, right now, how do I learn to walk again? Okay, visualization is one part of it, but I can't just visualize. I've got to do something as well because I've now left the rehab center. So this is now down on me. I can't just lie in bed every day. I've got to do something. So luckily I had family and friends that would take me to the local gym where they had a swimming pool where it sort of just came up to my chest. And I just said, right, every single day now, I'm going to walk up and down this swimming pool and teach myself to walk. And that's what I did. That's exactly what I did. And I did that for years. It wasn't a couple of months. That was years. That was years and years of getting in that swimming pool with the floats and um, 
you know, get, getting my arms to move and trying to get them to swim. And also, not that I can swim anymore because obviously where I'm all metal, my face looks straight down and I'll drown. I can't move my head. But, uh, but, um, but that's what I did. So it, it was in me. That, that was my goal. Um, and that's what I did every single day. You've got to set yourself goals each day and you've got to achieve those goals. So I try and say to myself, at the end, I set, try and say to myself, what are the five things I want to achieve today? Well, not what, what do I want to achieve today? What are the five things I'm going to achieve today? And then at the end of the day, I always write down the things that I achieve, I achieve that day. So I have my list. Did I achieve that? Yes, 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 yes. So it's, it's all positivity in my head. And it could just be, it doesn't have to be really hard things. It could just be, um, uh, today I'm going to um, go for a walk. Now, for me, that's really big because for me, it is quite hard. I mean, even though I'm walking, it's still quite a difficult feat to walk. I have to think about it. My mind has to think about it to get my legs to walk. And because I can't see where I'm going, um, I can't look down. So if there's something in my way, potentially I'll fall over. But for me, so me, that's a, you know, and if I fall over, potentially I'll be paralyzed again because if I land on my head, my neck breaks, I've had it. So I, I know going for a walk doesn't sound a lot to most people, but for me, that's a big thing. Or it could just, or it could be something like, um, I'm going to go for a walk today. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read um, a, a chapter on this book today, which is self improvement. Um, I'm going to ring my son and I'm going to have a chat with him for an hour. I'm going to ring my mum and I'm going to make her laugh today. You know, and it just, it's little things like that. But if all of a sudden you start achieving, 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 and you're setting yourself goals all of a sudden you can start setting bigger goals because you're into the habit, you've got into a habit of setting goals and achieving them. So I always say to everybody, start small and build up big. There's no point from trying to go from point A to A, Z in one go. It's not going to happen. Train yourself to be positive. Train yourself not to listen to negativity. Train yourself to be positive because you will have been for all the years you're alive now, your subconscious is just used to toxic negativity. That's all it's used to, and failure. Because the world tells us, everyone tells us we're failures. Subconsciously, the news tells us we're failures. The education system tells us we're failures. Everyone tell, around you tells you you're failures. And that's what your brain's bombarded with. You've got to change that by yourself. And that's really hard. And one way to start is just setting little things and going, I'm not a failure. In fact, and I personally say every day, I'm an amazing man. I'm a fantastic dad. I'm a great boyfriend. I'm living a really good life. And today I'm going to have a bloody good day. And I'm going to achieve my five goals. And when I've achieved my five goals, I'm going to tick them off and I'm going to achieve my next five goals tomorrow. And I still do that every day. And then when I go to bed, today I had a fantastic day. Tomorrow I'm going to have another great day. And before I go to, and I, and I tell myself that I repeat that about five times. And then I watch a comedy program before I go to bed. So I've done all this positive reinforcement of, I'm fantastic, I'm amazing, tomorrow I'm going to have a great day. I've achieved everything I wanted to today, and now I'm going to have a laugh. I'm going to go to bed happy. And that's what I do every time. Yeah, and it, it just puts things in perspective for people that haven't gone through something like that, and they go through some, compared to this, some minor stuff, and they, yeah, they really struggle with it. Uh, so that's what put things for me into perspective. When I was going through a rough time, when I read the book, I was like, wow, I... I I need to be positive because he made it through and he was positive. So I'm really curious, how, how has life shifted for you now after you've gone through all that and you realize you could walk again? Um, so 
how has your life perspective changed in terms of how you live your life and how you approach things? Um, well, I live, I'm, I'm grateful every day that number one, I'm alive. Number two, that I'm still moving and walking. Okay, fair enough. I'm not the bodybuilder I used to be and I don't look quite the way I used to be, but hey, I'm alive. And I'm actually living, you know, considering what I could have had, I've got a good life. My son's back in my life. He's, he's now training to be a doctor. He wants to be a doctor. So that's absolutely fantastic. Really, really proud of him. Um, my mother who took care of me for years, she's living a fantastic life. She's really fit and well. And I said, that's all down to me for all the, the past few years where she had to take care of me again. It's, it's built, built her life back up. Um, but I, I just look at every day as, well, what can I achieve today? I always want to achieve something. So um, I don't want to be, I, I have to use my brain. So also I can't do anything physical because you know, I'm not really able to do anything physically anymore. Yes, I can walk and move and I'm, I'm good, but it's not like I could go down the gym again and lift weights and stuff. So what can I do? So I didn't want to um, just have a life where I'm not achieving anything. So I was telling you earlier, Leon, I've taught myself how to trade. So that's on the computer. So only a couple of hours a day. I, I don't set goals. I'm just thinking about what we said earlier. But before we spoke here, I said today, I had a terrible day today. I lost and why did I lose? I've just realized I've, for the past... The, t the past 12 days that I, I traded, every time I woke up in the morning, I actually visualized and told myself I was going to win. Today, I didn't do that, and I lost. That's amazing. So that's my own fault. For, I, I, see, I went off the track. I, I, I don't know why I even did that. But anyway, so, so that's one thing. Um, and then with a friend of mine, we, we, we set up a business as well because I started taking um, CBD oil to help with my pain because I'm on lots of medication. I suffer with really bad nerve pain. Um, and I'm taking very, very toxic drugs at really high doses to try and cope with nerve pain. And uh, the nerve pain is debilitating. So I started taking CBD oil, but then I looked at the CBD oil that was available on the market and I thought, well, this isn't very good stuff. It's just, it's not, it's not great. Um, and I really researched it then because obviously if I want to do, if I'm going to do something, I like to research things. This is how I spend my time. How can I keep my brain active and me active? Okay, can't do it physically, but I can do it mentally. So taught myself to trade. Just a couple of hours a day, nothing more, but that's enough for me. Now let me look into something else that may help me. So I looked into it, researched it, and found a product. Well, developed a product. Um, with a friend of mine and launched our own CBD oil. We've actually got our own farms. Everything's grown organically. Um, <laughs> we have all the cabinoids, I can't even pronounce it probably, cabinoids, flavonoids, terpenes, everything in the oil that makes it a really good oil to help with pain, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, you know, all of these things that people suffer with from in life. Um, because I wanted to help me maybe sleep a bit better. I was still suffering with sleeping. Um, uh, still getting a little bit anxious every now and again, even with all the everything I've been through, even using all my processes, we can all get a little bit anxious or stressed or a bit sleepless. And also, I suffer with a lot of pain, so that's where I came from. Um, and we developed a, a product which is just made from the cannabis plant, where the whole plant is used, and we've got a, a special process which keeps all the goodness in the plant. It's as if you imagine you're squeezing the actual plant, all the goodness from the plant into the bottle. It's amazing. And it's called, if you go to Mel's Premium Health, uh, to our website there, Mel's 
M-E-L-S, Mel's Premium Health website. We just actually rebuild it at the moment. It's, it's having to be rebuilt, but it's, it's, it's there. You can still look. Um, and you'll actually find our oils there. So we've, we've actually make at the moment a 5, 10 and 20% oil. We're about to launch some for pets, about to launch vapes. But we've, the, the results we've had from customers and the testimonials are incredible. We've had people that have been using CBD oil, but other brand CBD oils. They've switched to ours and have just gone, yours is completely different. And it is because if I do something, it's got to be the best. I don't want to give people something that, oh, well, well that's how it's manufactured and we'll, we'll be the same as everybody else. I'm not the same as everybody else and none of us are. We're all completely different in individuals. But because of everything I've been through, if I've got to use a product that's for me, it's got to be the best. So if I'm going to use a product that works for me, hopefully it should work for everybody else. But it's only working for me because I've researched it. We've got, you know, and it's the way we process the product to make it work on people. And we've got people that have had um, serious diseases. They've left testimonials to go. We've got a lady that couldn't paint. She hasn't been able to paint for years because she had the shakes in her hand. She's now painting. We got another lady, another man who couldn't use a television controller through shakes. He can now use it. All videos on the website. We got testimonials from people that have been in serious pain for years. They've now stopped their medication. They've already tried other brands of um, CBD oil, but they're now on ours. And ours, it's just different. Um, so that, that's what I've I put my time into with my partner. Um, obviously, the, the, the brain, if you like, the, the mental side of things. And I like to educate myself because I think educate we can all keep educating ourselves um, so I educate myself I look at me as a person and go how can I improve myself as a person how can I be a better man a better father how can I get myself out of pain how can I develop things and make things better so that if I release if I if I release something for people it's I know it is the best um, and that's what I've done so I keep myself busy <laughs> mentally but not really so much physically. And for me, it's really stimulating. I'm really excited. I'm really happy. I'm really positive. Um, not can't be every day because that's impossible to be every day. We always have knocks where you think, oh God, um, what's happened? Um, but but that's me. So I hopefully I've answered that question. And that's that's where I sort of moved on to. Um, so yeah, there's there's the book and now there's the CBD oil, Mel CBD oil, um, which is really, really changing lives. I'm I'm ecstatic because as I said, if I said at the beginning, when I wrote my book and people said release it, it was, well, if all the pain and suffering I've been through can inspire someone else to change their lives, then that would have been worth it. And you said you changed your life, which is amazing. So happy. And, you know, I've had hundreds of people contact me, you know, by email or leaving messages, you know, just saying you really inspired me to change my life. And now, so I feel good about that. So I feel good about myself. And now I've launched this new product, the CBD oil, Mel's CBD oil, Mel's CBD oil. And now people are telling me, you've actually cured us, or you've changed my life, or I'm now sleeping, I'm not stressed, I'm not anxious, I'm not in pain, I can paint again. I mean, what a story. You know, from a lady that hasn't been able to paint for years, she's now painting, she's even taken a video of herself painting. It's incredible. So um, I feel good about myself. Everything I've been through in my life, yes, it's been hard and tough, but maybe I was meant to do that so I could, you know, help other people and inspire other people. My son's training to be a doctor. Really, I haven't got anything to moan about, have I? I've got a, I've got a pretty good life. Even though I've been through 15 years of pain and torture, <laughs> I've come through the other side. Yeah, that's, that's something I actually wanted to ask you. Looking back, 
was it was it worth it and it sounds like yeah you, at least you you have the belief that yeah it was it was there for a reason and and now you're you're on a mission and and you're loving life so looking back would you say that you wouldn't change anything or it was meant for a reason or are you still looking back and be like oh yeah it, just, it could could have been less painful a bit a bit i guess <laughs> <laughs> Well, looking back, I'd, I'd much preferred none of it have happened. I'd prefer to have my health and not to have gone through any of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, being selfish, I want to look after me and I would, my life would have been different. But as I said before, you can't say, I, you know, I could have done this, I should have done this. That's what happened to me. Nothing I could do about it. But I had two directions to go. I either fight and make a positive out of something that's just been horrendous because the mental and physical pain that I've suffered has just been absolutely horrendous. Absolutely. You know, when you, when you read the book, you understand it. It's, it's just been absolutely horrendous. Um, but I fought through that and I've come through it. Or I could have taken an easy option and just remit, remain bitter for the rest of my life, miserable, down, and I'd probably be dead by now. I don't want to be dead. Life's for living. You know, we need to enjoy life. And we've got to look at our lives and assess ourselves. And, and I remember getting to the age of 30 at one stage and going, what have I done with my life? And I was thinking to myself, I've done nothing. When in actual fact, I had actually done an awful lot. I'd been really successful, but I was being really hard on myself. And I think that's what people do. They look at their lives and go, it's been a disaster. And you can say, well, actually, you aren't where you wanted to be. That's fine. Where are you right now? Where do you want to be? Now put a blooming plan together to get there. Don't rely on anybody else. There's no one else you can rely on except yourself. So if you need to re-educate yourself or do courses, then do it. I've taught myself to trade. It's taken me a year. I've taught myself to trade. That's it. So I sat, sat down and I've taught myself to trade. And I know millions of other people around the world have done it as well because I talk to them. People with full-time jobs who've done it part-time until they can give up their full-time job to do this full-time and now have freedom, where they're only working two or three hours a day, making more money than they did when they were working for somebody else and they've got a free life. That's fantastic. Hats off to those people. Um, you know, and, and, and that's what life's all about. Don't be so hard on yourself. Look at what you have achieved, what you want to achieve, and just work out how to get there. You can do it, anyone can do it. And if I can learn to walk again against all the odds when the doctors said it was absolutely impossible, then you can do anything. If I can learn to walk again and then move on with my life to now be, you know, living, you know, not a bad life. I'm living a pretty good life. I'm enjoying life. I'm happy. Um, I'm trading. I've launched, you know, I've written a book. I've launched Mel CBD. You know, things are going well. When I was told you're going to be a quadriplegic for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's not too bad. So you can achieve anything. Anything is possible. Anything is possible so long as you believe in yourself and are positive. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, turnout for the story. And uh, are there any, to wrap this episode up, are there any things that you would like to share with maybe someone that's also going through a tough time, maybe physically, but also emotionally, um, mentally, or just people in general, that a message that you want people to know? Um, okay, so I, I mean, I probably covered a lot of this, but I would say, Number one, read my book. Just get it off Amazon and read it because my whole story is encompassed in there. And I, what I do is, what I do is, I actually um, have got autobiographies of lots of people that I admire, 
and I look at all the struggles and hardships that they've been through, different to mine, and I say to myself, I could never have done that. I've learned to walk again from being from paralyzed neck down. But Serena finds the, probably the greatest explorer of our time. He climbed K2 and he hasn't got any fingers. He chopped them off. He cut them off. And he's climbed the toughest mountain in the world. I've read his book going, how did he do that? Massively inspired me. So I read books from people like these people and go, hang on a minute. If they can achieve that, so can I. Do you know what I mean? So I always think it's good to actually start by reading somebody else's story and just understanding that there are people in the world who are going through pain and suffering or mental anguish and have, a ch and have come out of it. So just read their story to understand that if other people can do it, so can you. But, but we all need help sometimes. So I would always say that, get my book and read it. See what you think. I mean, you enjoyed it, Leon. It changed your life, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, uh, get other people's books, other people that you might look up to. And I'm not talking about celebrities, you know, footballers, or, you know, wags wives. I'm, I'm talking about real, real, fantastic, incredible people that have gone out and really achieved massive feats despite all the odds. And that's what I think you need to go for. Something that's different, maybe people you haven't heard of. Um, and then you'll, then you'll understand that anything really is, anything is possible when you put your mind to it. But it's always about having a plan. It's not gonna come to you. You're going to have to work at it and it's really really hard work but if you want it enough and you're prepared to fight for it you'll achieve it it may take years but don't give up i mean it took me years i mean how many it took me years to learn to walk again it's taken me seven eight years to get my life back on track but now it's back on track and i'm moving forward to my life and so can you too and, and if i would always say this if it, it does help if you've got your health then you can do anything. I understand people haven't got their health 100%. It is tougher. But again, I've been in that position. I do understand. And you still can achieve things. And as I say, I'm not achieving, I'm not running 100 meter sprints anymore or you know, lifting weights, but I'm doing things mentally where I'm still active and doing different things and achieving great things. And I'm trying to do everything I can to help other people, which is really what my experience has given me that I'm now in a position to help people um, and hopefully inspire them to improve their lives or at least with the, you know, the products we've released to help improve with pain or inflammation or something. I'm trying to give back. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's beautiful. And just for people to know, uh, the book is, is really great. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of reviews for what, what's inside it. That's why I really think we need to share this story and it's, it's not, it's really cheap as well. And it's, I can really see that you really just want to share the message. And, uh, I, I tell anyone, anyone get the book, read it. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, and it's, it's a real person. <laughs> so I've talked to Nicholas, uh, six months ago for the first time we talked for an hour and a half on the phone and uh yeah he is who he portrays himself to be and it's it's he, he's really someone an, an, an everyday man that has gone through hell and back and has this incredible message to share unlike a lot of i, th I think that's what we talked about when we, when we were on the phone six months ago unlike a lot of you know the, the coaching industry and, and the people that 
that tell you to think positively. They've never been through something like that. And you have, and you've made it through. So you are, the, I think, the, the people with the most authority to speak on this topic. So people should really get the book. I'll link it in the show notes as well as uh, the CBD oil and anything else that you might be up to right now. And um, yeah, this has been fantastic. Um, it's been great talking to you again, and I'm excited to see where you're going next. Cheers, Lon. That's really, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if uh, people can always, always contact me as well on, on, the, on the Facebook page, which uh, the links will all be there. And I'll always answer. I'll always answer. That's, that's not a problem. I can, you know, uh, I'll speak to anybody. I'll try my best to help. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Leon. Great now. So I hope you enjoyed this inspiring story of Nicholas. And as I said in the beginning, I'll be linking everything in the show notes. You can check it out, his book, his PDF, um, his, his ebook, as well as his Facebook contact details, his Facebook page, uh, and also his CBD company and the website that they're building right now. It's really incredible to hear how he's involved in all these projects now in traveling. He just told me he came back from weeks of traveling um and it's really really inspiring to hear this story and and really uplifting uh knowing that someone can make it through all these experiences that he went through so if you liked it then leave a review on itunes as well as reach out to him check out his book Uh, i've read it four years ago and it really impacted me because it put things into perspective and it's a great read Uh, so just check it out on amazon and i hope you enjoyed this episode and i'll hear you in the next one